Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom on game week. We're going to preview Michigan against East Carolina Saturday at noon on Peacock, of course, streaming live. Uh, make sure to like this video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll have content throughout the entire season. And as always, head to the Wolverine.com. We are running a game week special right now. $49.99 for an entire year of premium access that is 50% off or just $1 for a month, your first month. So join us right now. It's a perfect time to do so. We're going to have Inside the Fort up on Friday with all, side, all sorts of insider uh, intel there. So again, make sure to join us. Uh, but fellas, come noon, we will uh, toe will meet leather. I think 12.06 is official kickoff time. And uh, it's going to be great to be back in the big house and watch a you know, Michigan play another team. We saw them in the spring, but see another team out there. Yeah, you know it's game week when you're sitting here finishing up a story uh, while you're doing a podcast. It's just yeah. one of those things, man. Uh, it never ends, but it's fun. And the weeks go fast. You know, this week has been painfully slow. I was talking to Anthony about this yesterday, man. I said, this week has just been going painfully slow for me. He's like, man, I wish I could say the same. It's going boom, boom, boom. But once you get into the grind – then it just flies, especially when you have a magazine that week as well. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see some of the new guys. I am excited to see some of the new starters that are going to be in there for some of the guys that are banged up. Keon Sab is a guy that we've heard a ton about. Uh, I'm thrilled to uh, – I'm thrilled that maybe is a little bit too much, but I'm excited to see how he plays in there. And Josh Wallace as well, Jaden McBurrows. These guys are all going to get their opportunities, fellas. Yeah, and part of it too is that you know, as we as we talk about this game and some of the guys we expect to emerge, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, test of how deep this football team is. Because, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, these first three games, I mean, there's a lot of off field juice. I mean, I guess it extends on the field with Harbaugh's suspension and some of the injuries. But um, you know, the on field stuff, the, they're going to need. It's it's all hands on deck this year. So with some of those injuries, uh, with some of you know the other stuff that's been going on couldn't ask for maybe a better quote unquote three weeks to play three kind of non-conference cupcake games. I expect that they'll win them pretty handily and we'll get to our picks here soon enough, but excited for, uh, to use the term Clayton just did uh, for toe to finally meet leather. No doubt. Um, Jesse Minter serving as interim head coach this week, obviously we'll talk about his side of the ball first and start with them against the East Carolina offense. But before we do, want to talk about our presenting sponsor, one of two presenting sponsors on today's show, Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. I know some people are probably stressed trying to get their tickets for Michigan against East Carolina or any of the games coming up. But Game Time uh, is here for you. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. MLB, NBA, uh, NFL, college football all coming up here. Uh, so make sure to get your tickets on game time. They have flash deals and last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They have the image of the seat that you'll be sitting in. So you know exactly what you're getting. You can see it right there uh, of the big house. It's the lowest price guarantee 
event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more over at GameTime. So download the GameTime app or go to GameTime.co, GameTime.co, create an account, use code Wolverine for 20% or $20 off your first purchase. My family actually bought their tickets for this weekend using our promo code on GameTime. So we got an endorsement there. Uh, again, download the GameTime app, create an account, promo code Wolverine for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Um, download the GameTime app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, as we said, let's start with the Michigan defense, fellas, and they're a little bit banged up in the secondary, as CB, you alluded to. Rod Moore, Makari Page, both hurt. Amorian Walker, uh, sounds like he'll be out as well. Will Johnson, uh, potentially out for Michigan. So, you know, it's it's potentially, you know, three out of your five starters back there. And Amorian Walker, you know, seems like he was going to work into the rotation anyway. Uh, that has some people on the message board, some people on Twitter, a little bit uneasy going in. You're still a 36-point favorite, though, in uh, your, you know, quite frankly, playing in, in East Carolina offense that has a ton of question marks. After four years of Holton Allers as their quarterback, they're moving on to probably Mason Garcia, a uh, big six foot five, 249-pound uh, quarterback who can move back there. But they could play multiple quarterbacks. Their o OC said that this week as well. Um, but, yeah, your guys' thoughts on what to expect out of this Michigan defense. Can't hear you. Yep. A.B.? Yeah, out of the Michigan defense, I mean, it's it's going to be, again, I don't know that this East Carolina offense is going to be able to to wing it, so to, speak, so to speak, like they have the last few years. Obviously, some new blood at quarterbacks, some new guys at the skill positions. But, um, you know, if they do, you know, they're going to do a lot of the short stuff. That's kind of what their M.O. has been over the years. And when you do that, not only do you have to kind of be sound, I mean, you don't have to hold up in coverage as long, but, you know, when you have a bunch of new guys that are breaking in the secondary – you're going to have to be, you know, keep guys in front of you and you're going to have to be sure tacklers. And when you're talking about having, you know, sophomores and potentially some freshmen out there getting playing time, that is a concern. And that's something to keep an eye on. So uh, I actually, you know, the, uh, when you look at this East Carolina team, I think they have some good size up front on the offensive line, uh, two solid backs. One of them's coming off of a torn ACL. So question marks about his workload. But, um, you know, I do wonder, you know, if it is Mason Garcia quarterback, like you said, big, tall guy with a big arm, you know, maybe they do kind of try and chuck it down the field and test those Michigan corners. Cause I think that's probably when you look at who's going to be on the field in this game on Saturday, that's probably a place where East Carolina might think that they have a chance to keep this thing the most competitive. So uh, again, how do you offset, you know, questions in the back seven, you get to the quarterback, uh, you get pressure with four. Uh, that's where we're going to see Chris Jenkins who will be on the field what his uh, enhanced pass rush looks like Mason Graham has worked on, you know, his bull rush and, and some of the finesse stuff. We know how deep they are at edge. So for me, again, as cliche as it is uh, when you come into a game like this and the way it does look like that, most of Michigan's injury issues or question marks, whatever you want to call them are at wide receiver at cornerback. It's going to be in the trenches where, um, and that's, you know, shout out Chris Ballas, Doug Skeen in the trenches coming back on Sunday. Uh, in the trenches is where I think Michigan has a chance to impose its will, um, especially on that defensive side of the ball. So get pressure and uh, and make 
East Carolina uncomfortable, I think, is is one of the bigger keys to this game. Yeah, I agree with that. And sorry about the mute, fellas. Uh, I'm trying to write here. The okay. um, You know what? I, I kind of – you think – when you're overmatched, one of the ways that Michigan State has approached it in past years is with that what we call the arm part, um, arm punt offense, right? You just have your quarterback go back there. Maybe all week you're in practice, you're just throwing it up and hoping your fast guy goes and gets it. And it's actually worked a few times, you know, win some of those 50-50 battles. I don't know that they have the receivers to do it. Uh, it only takes one sometimes if you don't adjust, as we saw in, in 2020. But um, you know what? I think that might that might be something that they try. And when you've got guys, the good news is here, guys, Josh Wallace has played a lot of football. I think you're going to see him out there. And uh, he was a three-year player, three-year starter at UMass, and the guy who was a three-year captain. Um, I don't think he's going to be an issue. Um, the other side, we'll see, because I don't think Will Johnson's going to play. So I think it'll be precautionary. And uh, do you address some of those guys just in case? Uh, I think I would if, they, you know, if they're capable. Uh, I don't think they're going to need to. I think that they're going to roll ECU. This is not the ECU team that would put a scare into you maybe uh, four or five years ago or whatever, um, you know, six years ago, who knows. But um, so when we say giant killer, yeah, they've got that history. But uh, let's be honest, this is probably not a good football team. They've got a lot more questions than answers. So, But we don't know exactly what they do have. So maybe there will be some surprises there. Uh, as AB, I think, mentioned in chat, you know, they haven't been tackling in practice. So are they going to be sure tacklers? Uh, that's going to be a key in this game. If they, they try to throw underneath, you got to get them on the ground. So, but I just don't think they have the firepower on either side of the ball to hang with Michigan. I really think the, the game, especially in the trenches up front on defense, it's going to be really hard for them to move the ball. I agree. Um, and, in Mason Garcia, he's, you know, has looks like some physical tools, but, and this is when he was a true freshman, but he has one start in his career against Navy in 2020. He goes 10 for 23, 104 yards. He did rush for 87 yards and a touchdown, but they lose that game disappointingly to Navy. He's 50% career completion. Now, you know, things will change with him potentially as the starter, but I, I just don't see enough there. And then they lose 2,000 yard receivers from last season. I was talking to an East Carolina writer just about an hour ago. Uh, and he was saying that they feel like they felt like they were pretty deep last year. They just didn't need to use some of these guys. So, you know, they may not have the stats. They may not have the snaps, but they're capable. So we will see how much that actually comes to fruition on Saturday. He said also a concern is the amount of transfers they brought in. You can't ease them in like Michigan can against ECU for ECU. You're trying to play the number two team in the country. And obviously, that's a little more challenging for guys that are just joining the system. Um, but let's move over to the other side of the football with Michigan's offense, which will be coordinated by Kirk Campbell, quarterback's coach. He's going to call the plays on Saturday. Jesse Minter, as the, you know, he said he'll be watching the offense and kind of, you know, up front there instead of, you know, being with the defense during the, uh, you know, when the offense is on the field. So that'll be a little change up, but it is going to be Kirk Campbell calling the plays. The number one storyline, as we talked about on Monday, is Blake Corum's return. But when I look at this ECU defense and the secondary, which has some transfers coming in, two new corners, and that's, you know, coming in from a team last year that ranked 130th in the country against the pass 102nd in third down defense they allowed 197 plays of 10 plus yards 71 plays of 20 plus yards both of those ranking uh, worse than 100th in the country 
And then the key stat that I, I was able to pluck is they rank 100 or last year, they ranked 107th in the country, allowing 15.2 yards per attempt on passes of 20 plus air yards. So those deep balls, very susceptible back there. And as, as AB reading your story from earlier in the week, Kalel Mullings talking about Kirk Campbell. He said, yeah, I've seen a lot of shots in practice. I think we're going to see some of those shots early on from JJ McCarthy. And if they connect, uh, you know, it would be a pretty good sign at, at the beginning of the season. You got to consider the competition, but just the fact that that maybe they could connect on some of those. Yeah, and part of it too is is you know, with there being some questions about what's going to be available to Michigan on defense Saturday. I mean, that puts the onus on the offense to just go out and take care of your business. They're healthy up front, a little bit banged up at wide receiver, but. We think they'll have their stars there, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, Colston Loveland, then obviously those two backs as well. So, uh, you know, when you look at this ECU defense, uh, they are a 4-2-5, so similar to probably what they'll see later in the year, uh, you know, with the likes of a team like Ohio State and a couple others on Michigan's schedule. Um, so, you know, every time people you know, people ask, what's, what's the benefit of playing cupcakes in the non-conference? And, you know, again, beating up on a team is one thing, but it's about the the looks you get to the preparation you get and kind of some of those defensive and offensive installs that you can just kind of build on later in the year. So, you know, there is still value in that, you know, from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. I mean, you look at this ECU pass defense, uh, they are susceptible to those big plays. They were last year. I think they're less talented now than they were last year. So, you know, this is probably a game where, Roman Wilson probably has some some running room uh, across, you know, or down the field, I should say. I, I just think they can probably get whatever they want in terms of that passing game. And then um, if they want to devote – if the, the defense wants to devote a little more time to slowing down those Michigan pass catchers, well, guess what? You have the two best backs in college football. So, again, this is where, I, you know, I have I have very few concerns about what the offense looks like. But, again, just maybe the only question is operationally what it looks like given that – Obviously, no Sharon Moore, no Jim Harbaugh. Um, those are two big losses. And, you know, even if you believe in your culture and you believe in your leadership, uh, operationally, that's still just a big load on everyone else. So uh, we'll see how Kirk Campbell does. I expect them to be aggressive, to take their shots. Maybe the playbook is still sort of vanilla, but I don't think it needs to be anything more. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Yeah, one thing I hope they don't do is get too cute right away, right? You know, everybody's going to want to put their own stamp on things. And uh, I love Kirk Campbell. I love, you know, I love Sharon Moore, who's not going to be there. But I love what Kirk Campbell did in the offseason about talking to his guys about what are your strengths and what do you like to, you know, best. So I don't think you need to come out and, you know, throw five, six times in a row. Uh, I think you're going to do what you do best, and that's run the ball at the same time. I think. You're going to see more guys put in positions to succeed in terms of matchups. Colston Loveland, I think they'll move him around and see if they can get some targets for him. I think Donovan Edwards in the passing game, maybe even Blake Corum in the passing game. Keep an eye on what they do with those two guys together because we've heard some things. We've heard things. So uh, pretty exciting there. And J.J. McCarthy, you know, we'll see if he comes out uh, on fire, if he comes out uh, confident. I think he will. I think he's he's a guy that 
in my opinion, he's one of those guys that's going to continue to get better as, as he's here and more confident. And, and you're going to start to see more and more of them trusting in him to do that. Uh, he looks like, as Jim Harbaugh said, more of a man now. He's gotten rid of the baby face. And uh, you know what? He's, he's healthier than he was a year ago at this time. So uh, it's going to be fun, fellas. We're going to have to really wait a month to see you know, what this team is against decent competition probably. But like AB said, you can always tell some things in some games. And um, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see a bunch of guys that are out there excited to, to play a game. Yeah. How on fire JJ comes out is going to be interesting. Cause he was absolutely on fire to begin last season with a couple near flawless performances as, as Jim Harbaugh described them. Uh, so coming out of camp and it feels like everything, anyone says about JJ, just how impressive he's been in preseason practices. So excited to see that uh, last thing on ECU's defense is the strength, probably with a couple edge rushers that are preseason, all American uh, picks in Chad Stevens and Jeremy Lewis, uh, a little bit easier now to be a preseason all American pick when you have, um, you know, some of those teams that left like Cincinnati and Houston, but uh, seems like those two, you know, they're pretty high on them. Um, Real quick, I want to talk about special teams because we haven't done so uh, a ton, but Jim Harbaugh is saying that he thinks Jim, James Turner is extremely accurate. That's what they've seen from him in practice. And then Tommy Doman saying he has a pro leg. Uh, I actually think Tommy Doman is going to be an upgrade over what we saw in the second half of last season with Brad Robbins. And that's crazy to say in a way because Michigan had two specialists drafted, only the second school to have that in the same draft over the last 40 years. But I think Michigan's going to upgrade at punter. And then returner is going to be really interesting to watch. Will they go with Kalel Mullings, who will be back there for punts? Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. I think – I don't know that they're going to have to use Tommy Doman a lot, but he's uh, you know he's one of those guys on punts that I'm, I'm excited to see. I think Mullings, Mullings kickoff, right, not punt? Yeah, I think Mullings for kickoffs. Yeah, I think you said punt. And, and I think uh, Jake Thaw is a guy that they like there. Uh, he catches the ball. He's been catching the ball better. We'll see if more than one guy gets an opportunity back there. Um, you know, what we heard about Alex Orgy, you know, we'll see if he gets an opportunity. I think a lot of guys will. Maybe not, though, because I, I don't imagine that ECU is going to be kicking off too much, fellas, on, uh, on Saturday. So just my gut feeling. But uh, you know what? I don't – and it's no slam on Brad Robbins. I think he'd be the first one to admit that he was – not kicking to his ability last year. This guy has a huge leg, and congratulations to him making the Cincinnati Bengals yes. being their punter. Love that because he's a great kid from a great family. So, but Tommy Doman, yeah, he said Jim Harbaugh said he had the biggest leg and some of the biggest kicks since, since of any punter since he's been here. And there have been some good ones. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if they opt to go between 45, 50 yards if they opt to kick field goals, or if they go for it more often. Or I don't think you're going to see him punt. But I think it wouldn't surprise me if they they trust that defense a little bit more and go for some more of those. So, but I'm anxious to see what Turner can bring because yeah, I think he was 14 of 22 a couple of years ago. Last year I think he was 20 of one of 23 or something like that. So, hopefully that consistency is there. Sounds like it has been at least from 40 45 yards in. I don't have much to add special teams wise. I mean, we're we cover a Big Ten school, so I'm always going to be interested in seeing what the punter looks like and if you punt from your, uh, your opponent's side of the field. So uh, excited to see it though. I feel like we've been talking about Tommy Doman for a few years, very easily could have been this team starting punter last year. Brad Robbins comes back for a six year and it kind of pushes him down a bit, but uh, yeah, really excited to see about what he brings to the table. Cause from what we've heard, I mean, he might, 
it's weird to say, maybe the most quote unquote leg talent of any guy of the Harbaugh era based on those in the know, what they've had to say about it. So uh, interested in seeing because flipping the field and field position, that's that's a big part of this game too. Over under on amount of snaps for Tommy Doman on Saturday. I think he may be disappointed with his lack of playing time. <laughs> Three. Okay. So that's the over under at two and a half. Okay. Okay. Take the under. You know, you never know when you get deep into a game, you know, when you get the third and fourth stringers out there, which had better be the case, guys. You know, ECU is more of a name team than some of these others that they brought in in the past, but uh, they just aren't – they don't appear to be a very good football team this year. Let's get to our predictions on this game, offensive player of the game, defensive player of the game, and our final scores. Uh, But before we do – we have to talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. They're back with us for another football season. So excited to have them back as a sponsor. Excited to play uh, fantasy over at Prize Picks this year. So there is no better way to enjoy watching the games than by playing daily fantasy with Prize Picks. You go to the site, uh, you pick two to six players and predict if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, my favorite, and many more. Uh, all first time users that deposit and use the promo code Wolverine will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit $100, Prize picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50. Uh, right now, they do have a special. They're offering a Dak Prescott free square for week one. So that will be live until kickoff on September 10th. Uh, but we made some picks this week. Didn't see much more than just the Thursday games in there so far, but that will expand as we get closer and closer to the weekend. But I have Graham Mertz. Florida quarterback, a guy that we're familiar with up here in Big Ten country, less than 12 and a half fantasy points against Utah tonight. And then Jeff Sims, um, Nebraska quarterback, more than 35 and a half rushing yards against Minnesota here on Thursday night. Uh, What do you guys have for this week? It's amazing. I have the exact same two, and I don't know how that – we didn't even talk. Uh, We did not. My exact picks. It's crazy. I don't know how that happened, but wow. I mean, you guys are joined at the hip, and, and the synergy on the staff the sometimes is, is just incredible. Uh, I went to I went a different direction. Uh, I went with Brennan Armstrong, uh, North Carolina State quarterback, playing on Thursday night against UConn with more than 251.5 passing yards. And then a uh, Big Ten game, uh, Nebraska and Minnesota Thursday night as well, but with Minnesota tight end Brevin Spanford having more than 28.5 receiving yards. So... Those are mine this week. I mean, I, it, it, it pains me to be so disconnected from your guys' picks, but that's what I went with. That's fair. I like them. Um, Prize Picks has a gener- uh, generous promotion schedule, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. So I want to be a part of those. At Prize Picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. It is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So again, go to prizepicks.com or download the app today. Use promo code Wolverine for an instant deposit match up to 
$100. Uh, let's do our predictions for this game. Then we'll pick some uh, games against the spread around the country this weekend uh, and including uh, Thursday night. But let's start with offensive player of the game. I've been waiting really since we previewed the, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, who Anthony's darling was going to be on offense. Um, I'm going to go with J.J. McCarthy. We talked about it earlier that the deep ball could be there against this secondary. I think that, you know, I don't think Kirk Campbell is going to come out and try to do anything that Sharon Moore wouldn't. But, you know, I think he's going to let his guy cook a little bit, uh, the quarterback's coach. So I, I'm going to go with J.J. Um, and, you know, I, I do think part of this is we're not going to see a ton of the starters, in my opinion. But I think J.J. is going to put up some some big numbers in the time that he's in there. I like Blake Corum. Uh, I think Blake's going to run cr like crazy in the first quarter, second quarter, uh, coming back hungry after coming off that injury. So I'm going to go with him. I think he might have, I think he'll clips 100 yards uh, pretty, pretty quickly in this game, honestly. And uh, he's going to be your guy. And Andrew Anthony. Andrew Anthony. Yeah. Make sure you read staff picks today, AB. Little nod. I just, I just saw it. You <laughs> jerk. I haven't seen it yet, but now I'm excited. Uh, it's that's good. I'll never live that one down. So here comes the first kiss of death of the year. Uh, I'm going with Roman Wilson uh, because the fact. Oh no! First off, I know that he's a starter, so that's already something I have over the Andrell stuff from last year. But also, I mean, again, we talked about how uh, the secondary of ECU isn't very good. I think there's going to be space both, you know, in the short and intermediate game to get Roman Wilson involved get him the ball in, with green grass in front of him and, and let him go out there and make a play similar to how we saw uh, in the early, you know, early in the non-conference last year. So Roman Wilson, a uh, newly minted number one Jersey wearing Roman Wilson is my pick for player of the game on offense. All right. And Roman Wilson's going to have one catch for six yards. I think. <laughs> there you have it. He'll drop a deep ball and his only target in the game. Uh, if that happens, um, if that happens, you are done picking for the year. Yeah, we'll just we'll mute him during this yeah. part. Yeah. Yep. Um, defensive player of the game. I'm going to go Josiah Stewart. Um, I think we're going to see a good dose of him. I think this offensive line for ECU, uh, four new starters on the O line that brought in some transfers. They're going to you know be trying to mesh a little bit up there. And Josiah Stewart, this is frankly the type of competition that he feasted against with 16 sacks over two seasons at Coastal Carolina. Uh, so I'm going to go with Josiah in his Michigan debut. I like that, and I would probably agree with you, except that I think Derek Moore is going to go uh, going to go nuts this game. I think um, Derek, it's Derek Moore's time. I saw some flashes from him in the spring of, of elite passing rushing ability. Not just we're, we're talking not just getting around people, but going through people. So he's a little bit lighter, but I don't think he's lost any of his power from what we've heard. I'm going to go with Derek Moore. I was thinking of both of those guys, but in, in the name of variety, I'm going to go with Keon Saab, who we expect to see, obviously start, see him in an expanded role. Uh, guy just, I mean, for everything we've heard, is just flying around the field right now and uh, has been described as a heat-seeking missile at safety. And uh, excited to see him make some plays out there because I think even, even with good health in, in that safety rotation, I think both him and Zeke Barry are going to play a lot this year. I like it. Um, let's so staff predictions article is up over on the Wolverine.com. Check that out as always. I'm excited to read it fully here. I'm looking at it, but I uh, don't have the chance to read it while I'm also speaking. Uh, but apparently uh, a nod there to AB in the article. Um, I got 59 to seven Michigan. I, again, I just think wow. this East Carolina defense 
is no, not very good. I think Michigan's <laughs> going to come out pretty hot offensively. They got a, guy, a lot of guys that kind of want to prove themselves. You know, Donovan Edwards is healthy. Blake Corum, you know, doesn't have a ton to prove, but he wants to get back out there, have a good showing. JJ, I think, as well. Some of these receivers, Colston Loveland. So I just think they're going to get it going and score quite a bit early, uh, be able to take the foot off the gas. And and I just don't think East Carolina is going to have enough offensively to score much on Michigan. Yeah, I've got 48 to six and I'm with you. I think six, you know what, six could be a stretch. It depends on really the secondary. If they break a play, you know, maybe they score a touchdown. I don't see them moving the ball on this Michigan defense. I think that offensive line's in for a long day. Remember Colorado State last year, how overwhelmed they were. It wouldn't surprise me if we see something similar to that. Yeah. So um, what was the final score of the Colorado State game last year? Was it like 56-10 or something? Yeah, Let me look. something like that. So maybe they, maybe they put up a touchdown, but I don't think they do. So uh, I just don't think this. I think this is a, a good matchup for Michigan. Fifty-one to seven was that final. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, it's weird to feel like the like the conservative pick of the week, but I have Michigan thirty-eight, ECU thirteen. I just feel like uh, just because there's unknowns with again, I hit on this earlier. Operationally, how this thing looks. I mean, two pretty prominent decision makers not there. Obviously, the injuries on defense. Uh, I could see it. Given that there wasn't a lot of contact uh, in fall camp, I could see it being a little bit sloppy early on, but things will level out. Michigan's offensive and defensive lines will take over, and uh, we'll probably be talking about the starters in the game. You know, if not late in the third quarter, maybe maybe halfway through the third quarter or so. Um, so yeah, it won't be pretty, uh, but it will be businesslike. And on to the next week with uh, more reinforcements back from suspension. If Andrell didn't transfer away, how many points would you have Michigan scoring? Uh, 39. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, those are our picks. Again, go check out the staff predictions article uh, over on the Wolverine.com. We got Doug Skeen's pick in there, John Borton as well. We were supposed to have a guest picker. Uh, maybe that's didn't coming step up. next week. Yeah. Step so up. We, we'll see if that comes next week. Um, but let's get into our final thing here real, real quick. No man knows the future. Our final segment talking about some of the games from around the country, around the Big Ten. Two big games tonight, or not big games, but games that, that aren't extremely boring. Uh, Florida at Utah, Nebraska at Minnesota. We'll start with Florida at Utah. I guess Cam Rising at quarterback for Utah is going to be out. That line has fallen to oh. five points over under a whopping 43 and a half. Um, I still have Utah winning despite the uh, the backup quarterback being. I guess it might be actually their third stringer uh, because their backups hurt too potentially. But I still have Utah tough team, and it's it's tough to win up there. It really is. That atmosphere was fantastic when we went out there for Jim Harbaugh's first ever game as Michigan head coach, I believe it was. So, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I you know what I think it'll be a low scoring game, but I agree with you. I think Utah is going to find a way to get it done. Yeah, I would definitely be betting the under on this if I picked this uh, on the record or put it on the bet slip. But yeah, I mean, regardless of who's that quarterback, Utah, physical, well-coached. Uh, I don't think that Florida is necessarily either of those things yet. Uh, so yeah, I have Utah winning this game and covering the spread. I like it. Plus, I just don't trust Graham Mertz either. I really don't. Um, Nebraska at Minnesota. What's mm. that? So that this one's for Chris. I'd rather have Ethel Mertz at quarterback. 
That's great. Old soul, Anthony Broom. <laughs> Went right over my head. Um, the game will be happening happening <laughs> simultaneously to Florida, Utah. So people with two TVs in the living room will be able to uh, to watch both. Otherwise, I'm sure many will be flipping back and forth. But Nebraska at Minnesota. Minnesota, a seven-point favorite. Uh, over under 42 and a half. I got Nebraska covering, but Minnesota winning. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be close, and um, you know it's going to be a, a decent first showing for Matt Rule at Nebraska. I think Minnesota covers, and I, I'm not convinced that Nebraska's got the the pieces yet. You know, Matt Rule's teams have generally started slowly in his tenure. If you look back at it, I know what he's saying, all the right things that we aren't rebuilding. You know, we want to go up there and win, but I just don't think he has the pieces and. Uh, man, it's a hornet's nest up there at TCF Bank Stadium. Not really, but uh, but I think they'll be into it. And we've seen, you know, yeah. we've seen some good crowds there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Row the Boat guy, PJ Fleck, and little nod to Doug Skeen there is uh, going to get it done. I think they're going to win by ten to fourteen points. Yeah, I would. I lean Minnesota here as well. Uh, I, I could see. I could see this being a four quarter game. I think that. You know, given that there are a few Big Ten games on the slate this week, uh, Big Ten matchups, I should say, uh, this one's probably the most interesting of those, given that, you know, if, if you win this one, you're already kind of just a leg up on everyone else in that Big Ten West. It's an early pecking order game, and that's not to say either of these teams will win it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Minnesota is is just probably a little too big, a little too physical uh, right now. I see them winning both battles up front. Um and I actually expect there to be some points in this game. Uh, so my official pick, which is in the first Big Ten Bets column of the year, excited about that, uh, is in there. But for the purposes of this podcast, I will go Minnesota with the cover. It's going to be interesting to watch this game, given Michigan plays both these teams semi-early in the Big Ten slate. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, Central Michigan at Michigan State on Friday night. Michigan State a 14-point favorite over under 45 I just think, you know, I don't know much about Central. Keep my eyes on Michigan State, obviously. I just think that's too low. I got Michigan State beating and covering against Anthony's alma mater. Yeah, something like uh, 27 to 12 or something like that, maybe. So uh, I don't think it'll be a pretty game. I don't think either team. I wish, you know, I wish this were a Central Michigan team of old. You know, they might go in their favored this year but uh but hey they've they've spoiled some uh, michigan state non-conference seasons in the in the recent past and the distant past as well over the last 30 years maybe they can do it again i can't this might be the only time my alma mater is ever on this sheet so i can't pick them to not cover i think that they will uh michigan state always plays a weird game in that friday night opener uh i feel a lot better about it if uh the chips could actually throw the ball uh, but I, I think this being I, I could see this being ugly uh, because, quite frankly, I don't think either team will be super competitive in their respective conference. Uh, but I think that CMU has enough and is well coached enough uh, by former Michigan assistant Jim McElwain to make this a game. So, yeah, uh, Chippewas covering that 14. Was it Andrew Aguila? Was that the kicker that w- that won the game against MSU? I couldn't, tell you. I couldn't remember. I was at. Uh, <laughs> Michigan Notre Dame that day, my first ever Michigan game, the Tate wow, 4CA okay. game. Wow. Greg Matthews. Um, I was at a Michigan Notre Dame game, um, and was it 1991 or when Michigan beat Notre Dame? And then uh, 
And then that same day, I think Michigan State lost 24 to three or something like that to, to Central Michigan. So interesting. Okay. Yep. Uh, big noon kickoff on Saturday, Colorado at TCU. TCU 20 and a half point favorite over under 63 and a half. I basically threw this one on there because I think Colorado is going to cover. And I'm just excited to see this Colorado team under Deion Sanders, but also TCU having lost a lot. Um, I don't know. Colorado covers. Uh, I think TCU will uh, roll them in uh, prime time. Who doesn't prime? I don't care about culture. Deion Sanders is going to get a, a little bit of a lesson here on what culture means. Yeah, TCU, obviously national runner-up, loses a lot, but I think they're going to boat race Coach Prime. All right, you guys will learn. You guys will learn. Ohio State at Indiana on Saturday. Indiana, 30-point dogs at home over under 59. I messed up that. Uh, it's plus 30 there. Um, I got Ohio State. I, I don't care who the quarterback is. It sounds like McCord will start and Devin Brown will probably play. Doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, I, they'll probably figure that out in week two, week three, is who's going to be the permanent guy. But I think Ohio State's going to win big, and I think by the end of this year, Tom Allen's going to be fired. 40-something to 10. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll cover. Uh, I think they'll run all over them, and I think that they will. Yeah, I don't think Indiana, Indiana might be is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, uh, Ohio State may as well be playing East Carolina. I mean, I think Indiana has a chance to be – even with what's going on at Northwestern, I think Indiana might still be worse than they are. I mean, I, what a what a fall from grace for that squad. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like 60 to 3 or something like that. Yep. Wow. Last one, West Virginia at Penn State Saturday night. Penn State 20 and a half point favorites over under 50. I got Penn State, who was a covering machine last year. I think covered seven of their last eight, won the Rose Bowl. West Virginia apparently, you know, could be the worst team in the Big 12. So I got Penn State. Yeah, I agree. And that atmosphere too. Uh, they're gonna be, you know what? They're gonna be they're gonna be loud. So And that's a rivalry too. Yeah. Uh, is it? Yeah. I, I got it. it used to be. Yeah. So the old Rich Rod days, remember that? So if he if West Virginia beats Pitt that year, who knows if he's Michigan's coach. So unfortunately, they lost. Yeah, I mean, uh Penn State rolls. I, I got nothing on this one. Yep. There you have it. So uh, make sure to head to the Wolverine.com for all of our coverage pregame, in game, post game this Saturday with Michigan playing on Peacock. Even more reason to come over to the Wolverine.com if you don't have Peacock. So uh, check us out there. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, follow us on all the social media platforms at the Wolverine on three, and we will see you next time.